So, I'm pretty sure that we're singing together. <laughs> what I want to do, I'm not going to do it because I have some dignity, but I really want to just sit on the stage and watch you perform. <laughs> And if I had any cash, I would make it rain on you. So, <laughs> um, and I don't if, if I don't have the chance to say this, um, I love you so much. Like, it like hurts my vagina. I feel a connection with Katia, and she is a consistent competitor like me. And Hats off to her. Obviously, you never know what happens. Exactly. Um, but just in case, right? Don't have a chance to say that. That's what I wanted to tell you. And the feeling is definitely mutual. Well, I mean, what's not to love about this little moment in Untucked between um, All Star Pizza Queen Katya and um, this Carnet at Davenport? You know, a couple of old lady brigaders. Um, who, yeah, needed to lip sync this week. And um, I kind of think we're both in the bottom for similar and different reasons of like, I feel like they both arrived at this point of like, well, I am what I am. So, (laughs) so I kind of like, and I feel like that was sort of the energy of like, well, we know this is what the outcome is. So, you know, I'll see on the other side. And I thought that was kind of sweet. I think they were both kind of resigned at that point to be like, well, all right. I also think that Katya... To be honest with you, I think Katya was, it, it came to me that maybe she was just kind of done and she didn't want to be on camera anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I think, you know, watching like the regrets and whatnot, I feel like she kind of talks about that, that up to this point, she was like, I'm done. I'm ready to go home. I, mm. I don't, I'll, I'll do anything to not be in this situation anymore. Uh, and I think probably a lot of people have been in that situation like in Big Brother or whatever and then the moment you get out of it so like the moment she left she was like oh god like you know what just happened you know like you kind of come out of it and you're like you're like a different person from the from who is just in the workroom you know yeah and in terms of Kennedy I feel like she was not ready to go home at all um and we could talk about her kind of moment in Untucked when she was talking about creativity. But uh, yeah, I just don't think that she saw it yet the same way as maybe Katya saw it. So it was a really sweet moment. I just thought it was so cute uh, and and very accurate, right? If you're going to lip sync against Kennedy Davenport, Kennedy goddamn Davenport, uh, you do just want to watch because it's phenomenal. And so just by sitting on the side of the stage and watching her perform, uh, I just love that. And all the way up to the point where Katya is like, you know, thank you for that pants shot, kind of looking at the camera person. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. No, that was great. That was, um, yeah, there was this sort of, uh, it, it sort of feels a bit like adults in the room. Like, I think, mm. I think this, it's interesting. I think like another like um, upside of Untucked, especially this more unproduced Untucked, is getting to see that before the lip sync, the queens who are going to, you know, battle it out against each other are are friendly, you know, are, or they can be. It doesn't have to be this, like, battle royale. It's like, well, you know, I love you. You love me. This is what the show is asking us to do. It's nothing personal. And I I think that's an interesting lens that you kind of forget with the main stage show where they kind of want you to forget with the main stage show and want it to feel like this big showdown that's personal. But mm. it's not. It's drag. It's not personal. 
And right. I feel like these are two adults in the room who get it, you know? Yeah, and I mean, all power to Katya, too. Like, Kennedy should have stayed. Uh, you know, and, I mean, obviously I wanted Katya to stay. But if you're Katya and you're done... It's like, yeah, Kennedy should stay. Kennedy's doing great. She's a fierce-ass lip-synker. And obviously Katya is going to try. Um, but Kennedy is – she's a force. Uh, and she's very funny. She just got stuck in her own head in this particular challenge. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting because you would think that Ginger would be in the bottom again. Um, and for whatever reason, they loved the cow look and they loved, you know, the garment that she – Posted or pasted uh, uh, stuffed animals on. You know, yeah. it was. I was kind of like, well. <laughs> and you know, at this point, though, I feel like they know. They know they got. They they've already earmarked Violet and Pearl. They're going to the right. end. If Pearl wasn't, yeah. they would have sent her ass packing a long time ago. And mm. Violet, at this point, is the clear front runner. And so I think at that point, they probably are like, yeah, I think Ginger's probably our top three here. And so it really is down to, like, Kennedy or Katya. And so we, we either have, like, the lovable queen who falls apart at the seams and gets miscongeniality, or we get, like, the cantankerous dancing queen who eventually just needs to be sent home by RuPaul because uh, she's not going to be the fan favorite. And I feel right. like they, you know, I mean, that's an unfortunate truth about Kennedy is that, and I think it's, like, just, you know, people just, if you're not being America's sweetheart 24-7, then, you know, you're to be hated. So uh, I kind of just feel like the narrative was coming down to, like, one of these queens has to go, you know? Um, and I kind of right. think, if you, th if you think of it from, like, a narrative point of view, can you imagine if Ke Katya got to top four and then they sent her home? Like, that'd be like Kenya Pullman going home on Project Runway. It's too sad. Yeah, we've talked about, like, the top five, top six spot being kind of reserved for someone that they want to keep dignity for. <laughs> yeah, I would rather go home in this spot, the Monet spot, the Katya spot. The Nina. The Nina, yeah. the Nina West spot, absolutely, then go and home. And Nina Bonita Brown. Yeah. And Bonita Brown. Uh, though I feel like that's, I feel like season nine there was someone else who was kind of the, like, graceful exit. Kind of like, well, I can't remember who it was, but well, you know, I, Nina, I don't know because before Nina it was Valentina, and that was not graceful. And then after Nina, it was Alexis, and that was not graceful either. Well, that <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, it was season, not. They read no, it wasn't. Film. No, I, no, I'm agreeing with you completely. I just wasn't saying it. But no, like okay. it was. I mean, if 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 they're they preserving dignity here, I don't believe Alexis <laughs> Michelle is an example of a queen whose dignity they preserve. Right, they 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 did her dirty. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the the six five. I mean, you have Alyssa Edwards. You, I mean, that spot is reserved for some really special queens in the fandom. You know, in in terms of this season as a whole, and thinking about Kennedy, you know, they're keeping around Pearl, and it's a little shocking that they're keeping around Pearl. Not that she's not doing well, but like. Hearing RuPaul say, like, I got to keep this young, pretty queen, uh, you know, for the fans. It, it Season seven was kind of when that rigor Morris started happening more blatantly where they were like, yeah, we're going to do this for the fans. Uh, and they were thinking more about that as opposed to the competition. Yeah, that's interesting. I, if we to do like a deep dive of like if you were to go back to earlier seasons – 
are there queens who, if it was a later season and the show was more of a thing that was dictated by those kind of narratives, are there queens who would have lasted longer even though they weren't as strong of a competitor because they were either good TV? I mean, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking, well, Rebecca Glasscock, they already did the season one. She was great right. TV and not a great competitor, but she stayed in yeah. the top three. Um, yeah. But it was for the reverse reason. It wasn't for it wasn't to not upset fans or whatever. It was to like goop people. It was like mm-hmm. they were, you know, uh, they were trying it little boy, you know? So <laughs> Yeah. Right. I hear you. Well, well, I, again, talking about Katya, uh, loved Katya and sad to see her go, but this was a really great moment that I wish kind of made the main stage, right? There was a lot of main stage episode moments that, we're, are just missing that we see in Untucked, thankfully. But yeah, I mean, Katya was so much more. Uh, it's so gracious. Well, I think that, that was kind of like her narrative, or at least how she saw it in the show, is that she connected with all of the girls and she connected with audiences, you know, more so after the fact with regrets and everything. But it was like, it really wasn't until after season seven and then going into All Stars 2 that she got to really show the judges slash show the audience the you know, the audience that doesn't dig deeper of drag race more of who she actually is and not holding mm. back and kind of letting herself get weird. And, um, sure. you know, so it's like watching season seven, some of the jokes are just so like, I mean, I, I even think about like the meet the Queens, like the first impression I had of Katya was when she said, um, it was like, come on, muscular dystrophy, let's get sickening, or something like that. Uh, <laughs> it was like something ridiculous like that, where I was like, what? And and now it's like, well, yeah, obviously, it's like a thing she'd say. Like, it's, it's so, we're so fluent in it now. So mm. I feel like she's succeeded in coming out of that shell. Come out of your shell. Come out of your shell. <laughs> Great quote. Great yeah. quote. That's like a year old throwback. <laughs> totally. Come out, out of your, your shell. shell. <laughs> really? <laughs> what about really? 80s glam rock <laughs> Lisa needs braces. Lisa needs braces. <laughs> Dental <Dead-o> plan. <laughs> Come out of your shell. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. Well, we should move on. We should jump into this episode. But before we do, let's tell our Marys what they're listening to. Well, they are, of course, listening to another episode of All Right, Mary. All right, Mary. All right, Mary. Which is our podcast dedicated to all things Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with this little beady beady TV show. I'm Johnny, and where's Andre? And I'm Colin and Kawaii Ru. <laughs> Whatever. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> and then she just like loses her marbles. It's like, RuPaul, would you just sit on his face and end the discussion already? <laughs> Kawaii Ru. Kawaii Ru. Oh, oh god, yeah, I can't wait to talk about Santino. Oh. <laughs> Santino, it's like I'm like squinting and squinting and squinting and squinting until he gets hot and it just never gets there. <laughs> did you do the intro? I missed. I forgot. Did oh, no, I it? didn't. I did not actually like, sorry. Oh, oh, did y'all need to be like localized? So 
in case you missed it, we are continuing our recap of season seven. Um, and we are on to the Hello Kitty challenge, which is also um, Katya's 107 steps to sashaying away. <laughs> goodbye, kitty. Yeah. yeah. Goodbye, kitty. Yeah. Hello, kitty. Goodbye, Katya. <laughs> Oh god. Um so yeah, so we could uh, let's let's start with uh with uh, shake up the dice and see what shakes rice. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, yeah. You know. yeah, Uncle um, Ben. Um <laughs> Um, yeah, he's back. You know, I forgot how much Ginger Minge in the episode was just like for Santino. Yeah, she just and, wanted uh, yeah, to I, floss her thighs with him. And oh shit! I, 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 you know, I don't know if I am seeing it. And that's fine. Obviously, we have different, um, you know, types. But I am surprised that I'm not attracted to Santino because he's bald with a beard. You know. I mean, listen, it is, it is the, it's the recipe. It's the recipe, recipe for success. But I right. think, I think what it is, cause yeah, like, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, like if Santino Rice, you know, shook the dice at me, I'd be like, all right, yeah, let's, you know, um, let's hope it's over in an pass. instant, you know? I don't um, know. I would pass. I, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't get into it. He's too thin. Well, he is too thin. He's definitely too thin, but I think... I think it's for me, like, I the physical, I'm like, okay, you know, like, I've done more with less. But, like, there's something about his actual energy. Like, once he spoke, once we interacted, I feel like that would turn the grapes a little bit. Maybe, maybe. I mean, for, obviously, we're judging what we see on television, right? But, like, when he was critiquing in this episode, I was kind of with Kennedy, I was kind of like, shut up. You don't even know. Like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you, you're critiquing this design for no reason. Like, what, who are you? Go back, you know, go back to season six, you know? So, and I'm going to, I don't know if this is devil's advocate because devil don't need me to speak for him, but like, I feel like it, he, he, is it safe to say though he did judge a number of seasons of Drag Race, including a lot of design challenges? Like he knows what the expectations are for a design challenge, you know? Yeah, yeah, but I also feel like sometimes he went for fashion instead of drag, and so there was this perspective that I don't think was I think was too biased towards like actual fashion instead of remembering that these are queens with separate personalities, how they enter the dress. And, and how they do things. And he's out there critiquing like, oh, well, this isn't, you know, blah, 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 blah. I would never, you know, you could never wear this. It's just like, well, this is a drag queen girl. You mean you don't remember when Giorgio de Sant'Angelo took Varushka out to the desert and just wrapped her in blankets while she served face? I mean, Mary, please. Like, what makes you think you don't know anything about fashion? <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm right, sorry, that's right, right. that's what just like gets right under my fingernails and pulls. Like it is that like that level of name dropping and that level mm -hmm. of reference dropping. Yes. And yes. there's one thing to reference drop Brenda Vaccaro, and there's another thing to reference Giorgio de Santangelo or whatever his name is and Varushka in the same sentence and like try to be all casual about it. Like right, just, like Francis Francis Jolie, right? Right, exactly. Like yeah, like you're just getting a frosty at Wendy's. Like don't act like this is normal for you, San Santino. Like mm. at least like like he says I mean, it, it, he says it like you know how it's Tuesday. Like he says it like that, and that's so arrogant. 
Right, right. No, I get it. I get it. It's it's a little unfair for us to critique someone speaking their own language, but I think it's also very fair for us to be like, girl, what are you what are you peacocking here for? That's right? what I'm like saying it's, is it's yeah, it's like whenever you talk to any any musician that decides to like you know, measure, dick measure with you about pieces that they've done or or musicians that they know. It's like, girl, shut the fuck up. We're having coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, just because you could, you know, because you got a long read doesn't mean you have an interesting song I want to hear, you know? A I, long read. A Is long that read. A you long read. <laughs> <laughs> um, you got a long read and I'm looking for a short little paragraph, you know? <laughs> I'm looking for, and I'm looking for a synopsis. You know? <laughs> uh, I got your double read. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Um, bassoon. Uh, <laughs> I hope this story is over bassoon. Oh uh, God! I have I a double read, and you have a mouthpiece. There you yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you know, and I'm gonna, and I've got a kazoo. And I, I just feel like know where you are. Like if you are on Project Runway, then yeah, drop all the fashion references because like. That's they where should you know are. Them. They should yeah. know them. You should know your references. But on Drag Race, it's like, loosen up, you know? Right, right. Yeah, that's always what I kind of got with Santino. I was kind of like, I can't tell if you're a fan of drag or if you're a fan of drag and fashion, right? Obviously, Violet Chachki, Pearl, Fame. Like, there's so many queens we could list. Like, Naomi Smalls was doing it. Trinity Taylor was doing it. Where mm-hmm. they were just bringing real fashion to the show which is great and i'm i'm not i don't i think that the two should don't have to be separate you could be a fashion drag queen but at the same time santino it always felt like if you weren't fashion forward he was going to critique it yeah right whereas so if you were doing something like Sort of thinking that if Santino had ever criti- had to critique Nina West or if he was a judge on her sure. season, it, right. I don't think it would go well. Yeah. Right. Uh, and and at the same time, right, like they have to be put – and I'll say this when I talk about Kennedy later, but like they do – they're paid to push them, right? Like you mm-hmm. do have to push the boundaries on them. It's just the way Santino does it. I'm kind of like, ugh, shut up, dad. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like and I guess it's the thing, right? It's like, you know, either you get like pushy, greasy Uncle Santino or you get like Leanne Rimes or – Shania Twain or any other really so many no not all country stars because Tanya Tucker really you know she was lost under that hat but she was having a great and, time and Bam Tillis right I say nothing of Bam Tillis but <laughs> you really do roll the dice when you get a country singer on the panel of Drag Race and uh, in the case of some of them they don't offer anything so like I appreciate right. that Santino is trying to like give them content he's yeah doing the Miss Fame here I'm going to give you tons of content use what you want. But mm. it felt um, like he was trying to make up for lost time and lost seasons. Ugh, yeah, right. Oh, that, yeah, for sure. Like, oh, I'm still here. It's like, okay, Santino, grab your fez and we'll see you later. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Oh, God. Or, you're, or I'm thinking of, like, what was it, the, the George Washington uh, poof that he had on season three or four? Do you remember mm. that? Okay, um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I I'm just to... smiling and nodding. Yeah, yeah I don't sure, think about sure. Santino. Oh, yeah, Santino. Um, uh, Santino rice. It's like, you know, is it fried? Is it brown? Is it jasmine? Uh, yeah, it's all the it, same, really. It's all the same to me. Is it? Is it pudding? Yeah, is it pudding? Is it peas? Yeah. <laughs> 
Sorry, that's Ellen. Um, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know her. Oh, in, in, in the special, in her comedy special, she was. there's a segment where she's like, uh, you know, oh, the news is so crazy to watch these days because, you know, they'd be like, when we come back, there's something terrible in what you're eating for dinner. Oh, right. And then is she's it like, peas? Oh, is it peas? I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, Mary. Uh, so, yeah, so there's lots of different rices we can get, but we're always going to get a version of Santino rice. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, does he come back again after season seven again? Does he? Does I, he um, I feel I think, like. I think so. Yeah, I think, that, yeah. I think that's fair to say. I think he does. Yeah. yeah. I we'll think assume he does. at some point he does. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, while we're on the topic of judges, I I want to just give a, a quick mention to, you know, Re- Rebecca Romaine, uh no, uh, more, Romid- no more Stamos. R- Romigna. Yeah, Rebecca Romigna. Uh, I always think of her. I mean, I I feel like I haven't listened to it in a while, but I feel like I love her episode of What's the Tea. It's great. Yeah, no, I remember I remember it. I for sure. She is very charming. She's also great on face paint or face off, whatever it is. Oh um, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. Um yeah, yeah, I feel like her episode of What's the Tea was like in an in a an era of What's the Tea, like uh, bareback Betty and mm. the Wendy McClevin Covey episode, like the like episodes <laughs> I would go back and listen to anytime. Sure, I, like the Wizard of Oz episode, the Poppies yeah. episode, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. There's some gems in What's the Tea, uh, but certainly uh, Rebecca Romaine. Yeah, she was a great guest. Uh, she was a pretty good judge. Uh, I. I, I at this moment, I can't really remember her as a judge, so uh, I kind of take that back. But you know, she's well, she's fine. sort of like fine. I feel like I like I liked her because she validated Katya. She was like, "I oh, kind of right. get what you're doing, this like space mom." And I was like, "Yes, yeah, space mom." Uh, I I appreciated that she saw she saw through whatever Santino was blocked by and sure. saw like some brilliance there. Yeah, yeah. No, she got it. I think she got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she knows how to be in drag. She was she played Mystique. Like yeah, it, it's it's it, she fits there. Um, in terms of judges, if we're on that topic, correct me if you think I am wrong, but I am just going to continue to believe that Hello Kitty was actually John Polly dressed up as Hello Kitty. I mean. <laughs> That was that is a good question. Is who was in there? Was it was it a Sanrio, um, you know, designated uh, representative? Oh, you know, sure. yeah, yeah. Um, or did someone come from? I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. We're gonna pre- assume it's Sanrio. Uh, did they like come to the studio and teach John Polly how to you know cover Hello Kitty's eyes correctly? Um, mm. I don't know. I don't know. I think the larger question is, what was that about? I mean, yeah, Mary, Mary, the challenge was so out of left field. Yeah, it was so it was so bizarre. Obviously, it was product placement with a capital PP. Yeah, I'm going to poo poo it like, yeah, it was. It, it was so weird. It was cat Granted, piss. I, yeah. Yeah, it was cat piss. Granted, I appreciated <laughs> it's like goodbye, kitty. Yeah. I appreciated um I appreciated kind of the characters that they had to come up with and, you know, the voiceover and whatnot. Like, I thought that was cute. And then they did this, like, Hello Kitty-inspired runway that I thought was just abysmal. Um, It just was such a weird challenge. It was so weird. Yeah. Yeah. It was – I mean, I 
I like the the sort of I like the high pressure design challenge that they'll like throw on the top five or the top four of a season when they're really tired. But mm. and I and I think they've kept it pretty varied through all the seasons. But this one, it was like. It wasn't. It it seems to me that they probably had a ton of other great ideas. They just didn't seem to have enough money, and so it was like, <laughs> oh well, hey, what we could do, um, you know, the American Girl doll store was not interested in pairing, um, but Hello Kitty's interested in product placement. Like that's what it felt like. Was they were like, mm. okay, well, this will help us get the season afloat, you know? Yeah, I, I, for sure, right? Obviously, maybe it paid for Untuck. Did but, they lose? <laughs> did they lose Absolute at this point? Because I feel like wasn't wasn't the last season of Absolute season six or or oh no, maybe it was season seven. I thought uh, it was season five because I feel like I had heard a rumor that they wanted Roxy Andrews to win. Jeffrey Moran, pass around party bottom. Oh my best. god, Jeffrey Moran. Oh my god, yeah, party bottom. Yeah. Oh my god. All right, so I'm looking on Reddit right now. Reddit on Reddit. Uh, I just so, feel like they somebody had to... said, "Oh my god, I love this person." The one upside is we don't have to deal with Jeffrey Moran anymore. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it, like season six was the last season they had Interior Illusions as a sponsor. I think it was the last season they had Absolute as a sponsor. Um, mm. So like. Other than Fabric Planet, uh, you know, who were they working with? Yeah, I mean, do they still use alcoholic sponsors? I wonder if that was a factor. Um, but I, I mean, I, I can't imagine that they didn't use alcohol in season eight and season nine and mention like, oh, it's we're using this type of alcohol. I don't know. No, I, oh. I am quite sure that like they didn't, you know, they're not like, oh, now we're in like the Tito's lounge, you know, like I think. I think that was right. it. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was, yeah, maybe after season, definitely after season five, maybe after season six. Yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, yeah, I, I'm reading that they didn't, that Absolute did not like that Jinx won season five. Uh, that I'm reading. And so maybe it was season six. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Interesting. Ugh, what an interesting little world. Like, just, a, you know. Like a little, a little conversation to have about Drag Race. Mm -hmm. It's sponsors, you know. Yeah. Who sponsors it? Mm -hmm. Well, and now I kind of feel like they are out of those woods. They. I mean, oh no, they don't have to deal with it. Yeah. I'm actually kind not. of interested in a way to see for All Stars Five in season twelve, like who the sponsors are and like mm. what you know gift packages they have for like which fancy you know destinations. Like I think. You know, uh, if we kind of look at it from the lens of the drag economy, like what's Drag Race doing? You know, right? Who right. are they doing are they, business with? You know, who are they getting? Yeah, and, and who are they aligning with in a way? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and you never know. Maybe Absolute just had way too many thoughts about who should win, which is you know stupid. And it's like fuck you, Jeffrey. Yeah, <laughs> go Jeffrey. back to Fire Island. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're not, not yelling. Yeah, you're not yelling at anyone in a car coming home from anything <laughs> ever again. I Ugh. love that. Ugh. Anyway, um, yeah, this challenge. Oh God. Well, you know, maybe we could talk about the runway uh, briefly if you want to just move there, since we're we're just kind of jumping around here. Yeah, we're just kind of jumping around. We're we're inspired by the Matreon that we're recording this week. We are jumping forward and backwards. Dolores Claiborne style. Yes, Dolores. I think Dolores, if I'm going to just tangent for a second on that name, 
did we do uh, Sister Act as a Matreon? We never did, right? Uh, yes, we Purple Mink, Dolores. Yes, we did. We did <laughs> Sister Act 1 and 2. And 2. Okay, so that means this will be the fourth movie where Dolores is the name of a principal character. Can you name the other one? Uh, it's it, it, A League of Their Own? No. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold that's, on, hold on, hold on. That's Dottie. Dottie. Yeah. Well, hey, yeah. Um, <laughs> another Dolores. Dolores. No, because I'll be here all day saying Dolores. Okay, okay, because it's picture Bob Hoskins yelling it. Dolores, is it? Yes. Uh, is it? <laughs> is it? <That's> perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, <laughs> is it who prayed Roger, Roger Abbott? It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's Dolores. She's the girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, all right, Dolores, yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, D. Hey, hey D. D. Sorry, hey, D. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man, him. All right, oh, we're going we'll, yeah. to we'll wait for the Matron episode. Yeah, if you want to um, know what the hell we're talking about, just go to patreon.com backslash all right, Mary. That's right. Um, so uh, I want to talk about Violet's look. Uh, for me, I get that this is like a mod thing and that this is fashion and whatnot, but I could not get the image out of my head that this was actually just like a furry penis cage. Oh, like one of those chastity cages. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Those those get make me so uncomfortable to look at because I'm just like, ugh, ugh, it's all mushed in there like... <laughs> like like one of those like snakes that jumps out of the peanut can, uh, tin, you know. Um, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah, I did. I did hook up with a guy who was in a chastity cage once, and uh, this was back. Oh man, like early two thousand tens, and it was. Uh, I just kind of ignored it. Um, yeah, you just ignore it. It's just like yeah. okay, well, all right, let like, me. All right, well. Got it. You know, front entrance is closed. Please go around back. Yeah. Got yes, it. Yes. You know, Detour. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'll suck on your finger instead. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. Front porch dining will not be happening this evening due to inclement weather, but we will be serving things in the rear tavern. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was like a speakeasy. I just yeah. went to the back. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's I, I just could not shake that image with Violet. So whenever she was just kind of like peeking out of her cage. Just, yeah, it was just like eighth day of being locked up. I wonder when Master is going to let me come. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when she was yelling, when she was yelling <laughs> after the lip sync, come through. Oh, it was like, oh, I <laughs> bet you wish you could. <laughs> Glad you 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 hit it out of the park. <laughs> yeah, I mean Katya's exiting and Violet, you know, she's envious at that point. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, just somebody free me. Yeah, yeah, she just broke down palace over there. You know, yeah. I didn't do it. I didn't come yet. <laughs> Oh God! Oh, uh, yeah, so 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 Violet Chastity. Um, yeah, it says Violet Chastity Boner. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. That's great. Oh, uh, well. and that actually sounds awful because a Violet Chastity Boner means you've had it in there too long. You know oh, what I mean? Because sure, it's turned sure. violet. 
Yeah, you're turning violet, violet, <laughs> yeah. with sour cream. <laughs> yeah. No, just preopism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus! I bet it is um, sour cream at this point. <laughs> no, it's seriously, curdling right. in there. <laughs> you're gonna clog a tube. <laughs> Like a Play-Doh oh, Fun Factory. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna get some of these bats out of the belfry, <laughs> and we'll be running clean as the Mississippi in a moment. It's like that game, um, Grape Escape. You know, it's just like it's gonna be squashed at some point. Oh God. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> anyway, Mary, uh, let's talk about um, Katya's cat suit. You know, I love this look. It was like the '60s Bond villain from the future. I, I was totally feeling it. I'm yeah. totally feeling it. And I don't I, know why they read it for filth. I loved it. I thought it was wackadoo. I thought the fact that she had the pearls on and the wig. Like, I realized at this point that she was just, like, throwing shit on the wall to see what mm. sticks. But, like, sure. I don't know. I think – I don't know. I'm not saying it's the exact same, but it's so interesting when you look at, like – I think it was one of the looks that Evie Oddly wore at the finale that essentially was like shit glued to her, you know, mm. like it was the same kind of like, what the fuck is this kind of look? And granted, it was, I think, a much more complete concept, obviously. I'm not saying they're, you know, oranges and oranges, but um, but I think that it does tell you something about like, I don't know, later down the line in Drag Race, there's there's a little more forgiveness for the avant-garde because, you know, we've gotten used to seeing the Milks and the Evie Oddleys and the Nina mm-hmm. Browns and the, you know, you see enough examples so it's not so strange when someone comes out looking ridiculous. Yeah, and I don't even think that she looked that ridiculous. If anything, it was just a little basic, but uh, it basic in the sense of, like, compared to what Violet and Pearl were doing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so it was just kind of hard to gauge what the judges were looking for. I mean, Katya and Kennedy had very wearable looks, whereas Pearl and Violet were just kind of like they were just going forward and pushing the boundary of fashion. And then you had Ginger Midge, who, I mean, again, like to me, it just seemed kind of like she pasted stuffed animals to this dress. So. Yeah. Yeah. It was like it was it was fine. Yeah. Um Katya's oh Katya's kind of reminds me of remember those little those rugs that would have like the the roads on it like that would have in oh kids room? at IKEA at IKEA yes. they still sell them uh-huh. yes yes yeah. of her, course her uh, cat suit or jumpsuit kind of reminded me of that uh, whereas yeah you know I felt like Ginger I mean I don't know I I I think the only reason she wasn't in the bottom is because she wasn't in the bottom you know narratively you know mm-hmm. right no exactly. Exactly. And I believe that all of their kind of Hello Kitty BFF looks, they were all great. Like, they were all funny and well-realized. And it was like, okay, this is kind of like doing the choreography challenge in the ball, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where yeah. Like, like instead of really doing count. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, instead of doing that choreography, they do this. And, and yes, it has nothing to do yeah. with how they actually, you know, how they actually yeah. land. Yeah. It's not the bitch ball. It's the yarn ball or the pussy ball. Yeah. Yes. It, the hair ball in a different the way. Hair ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> the Jellico ball, if you yeah, will. If you will. If you will. And I won't. Because I'm never going to see it. cats. Oh, my God. I saw it. I, I had to go see it with the chorus. It was like this like social outing of for of the first of the season. And um, Mary, if I could just tangent for a second. Um, I went, and the movie wasn't the most egregious part. I, I don't know how else to tell you, but there were these three kids and these two people in front of me uh, that talked at full volume throughout the entire movie. Oh. <sighs> I, you know, I just, I can't, I can't. I was like, I was like, okay, I get that you think this is terrible, but like maybe some people here wanted to hear Jennifer Hudson sing this song, you know? Right. Like, like sit here, shut up, hate it, and then talk about how awful it is afterwards or leave or leave. Yeah. They came in because they knew it was terrible. And basically what I was hearing them yell at the screen were things that I had already seen on Twitter. So I was like, they had already prepped themselves on the things they were supposed to hate and then watched the movie. And granted, like, I can get behind, like, going into a theater and kind of creating our own culture as an audience. Like, I I think that's fine. But they were yelling the same things at the screen. Like, what is going on? And this is awful. Why does she look like that? It was just like the same comments. And I was like, can you just be more creative if you're going to be this obnoxious? Right, right. (laughs) Like, we've all moved past that. We get it. Yes. It's, you know, yeah. It's, (laughs) uh, you don't have a fresh audience in here, kids. Right, uh, yeah, right. I I have did not seen cats. Uh, John saw some of it, and he said he left early, and he said it was just like really uncomfortable, and just like an uncomfortable oh, okay. movie. Um, I don't know. I'll see parts of it. I mostly just wanted to see the boogers on Jennifer Hudson's face while she sang um, "Memory." Yeah, I mean, you could find that clip later online. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, it was. You know, I thought it was choreographed well, if I'm going to be positive. I thought um, uh, Rebel Wilson was really adorable. Um, And that's really it. Uh, But, uh, you know, it's just so... It's worth the spectacle or worth witnessing the spectacle of something so elaborate and so invested in just completely fail. Yeah, y'all. I think that's right. It's like it. It's not like this was like slapped together. This was clearly no. a lot of work. Yeah, and this is be- Andrew Lloyd Webber. These are big stars: Helen Mirren, Jennifer Hudson, right? Jason Derulo, Taylor fucking Swift, girl. Yeah, yeah. Wait, Helen Mirren was in it as well as Judy Dench. Are you talking about Judy Dench? Oh, sorry, I'm confusing my queens. Yeah, <laughs> it's like wait a minute, and they got Helen. Come on now. Come on, Helen knows. Uh, oh, please. Like, I'd really confuse her with Judy. Judy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, sorry for the cat's tangent, Marys. Um, yeah, so I liked all of these, these looks. Uh, if I'm going to pick my favorite, I do have to say it's a toss-up between Pearls and Kennedy's. Wow, Kennedy, you really... Uh, you... You just, she can do no I love Kennedy. eyes. Yeah. I really do love Kennedy. She was funny. She had the big boobs. She was the only one like, I don't know, ballsy enough to add boobs to this cat. You know, they're called boobs, cat. Oh, like the, oh, you mean just the like, the, um, the best oh, friends? Only, yes, only the BFFs. Oh, yes. I thought you were talking about the runway looks. I was no, 
Mary. Girl, no. I get you like Kennedy, but that was that was <laughs> Kernodernity. It was yeah. uh, b- uh, b- uh, Bode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that darn cat. You know, it was <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> so I, no, I felt like the I, I like Kennedy's. I mean, I loved Katya's. I think Katya's was. Uh, immediately my favorite it was just so funny and it was very funny um, it was very funny and yeah. it just like in the context of like i her in the like watching season seven when it was happening her humor was just so it was so fresh and so surprising uh and it, like i don't know that was just like such a great you know discovery of like who the fuck is this queen and it was so mm. different i felt from and like next level from any other queen on drag race so um, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, I mean, other than that, I feel like this challenge this week that was the puppets mini challenge. I don't know yeah. if I took away any gems. You know, I, the, you know, the the gem to me was how much Violet the puppet looked like Michelle Visage. Like I thought that was very funny just to kind of experience. I also loved Pearl's little quip. These bitches need some new material. I woke up a long time ago, god damn it. Oh, and the way she says it, I woke up a long time ago, god damn it. God damn it. <laughs> god damn it's, so, it's so, like, awkward but cute. Yeah. Yeah, it was. that was the only moment. Otherwise, I mean, I love a puppet challenge. It's one of my favorite mini challenges. Um, but this was a little unmemorable. Sure. Yeah, I don't know if this was my favorite one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think, you know, I like I like that Ginger could make fun of herself in the puppet challenge with the fat wrist. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of like, I think these ep- this episode. I mean, I know you had said you have more so notes on Untucked. I think sure Untucked more so, but I I think both episodes. It does feel like Katya is the subject of the episode. Oh yeah, what I wrote down is Katya attempts to drive around Confidence Corner. Yeah, and and runs right into oh I can't do this alleyway. Yeah, <laughs> runs right into Red Lobster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just hides under a bushel of Cheddar Bay biscuits until this whole thing's over. I, you know, it's uh, sorry to interrupt, but uh, just on Red Lobster, it, quickly so we can move on about to Katya. But it is kind of this inside joke that people forget about. But Santino had that impression of Tim Gunn having this re- like elaborate relationship with Andre. From season, what was it? Season two. That was season uh, two. Yes. Yeah, Andre. Andre, why can't we go to Red Lobster? Uh, which was kind of like in the zeitgeist for a little while. So I appreciated Violet kind of clocking that reference. Right. I feel like by the time this season of Drag Race came out, though, like I think you had to be in the know to know that. Yes. Like, it wasn't. It was not like making another Drag Race reference. No, 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 no. That was very obscure. Very yeah. obscure. Yeah. But I got it. So. Mm. <laughs> well, I got it. Um, <laughs> I've had it. Um, (laughs) uh, So Katya, yes. Katya uh, just attempting to drive around, crashing and burning, uh, just being very unconfident in this episode. I will say in Untucked, there was a lot, a lot of editing in Katya's voiceovers. And I don't know Mm. if if you caught it, but I'm trying to find the quote. Oh, Katya says, obviously, cut. I'm worried, cut. I might be, cut. Going home today. 
Oh, yeah. And I mean, <clears throat> I feel like I I didn't notice that as much in Untucked, but I noticed before the lip sync when she's like, you know, basically saying like, I want to be in the top four. Like, I want to kill this lip sync. And like what they're not including is like, but I just can't do this. Like, I'm just <laughs> like, I'm done, you guys. And I'm telling right. you why I'm done. Yeah, it's I don't know. I think that all of the discussions that like some come kind of some of the talking heads like mostly from Violet um about Katya I kind of think were it was interesting it almost felt like they weren't trying to hide it it was like very clear from the start and the way they were talking about it, it was like this is a plane that's going down you know mm. and and I and what's interesting is like and this doesn't happen very often is where they'll show a queen descending without looking like a fool you know, oh sure, sure. Like yeah. I think the other, I think Nina Benina Brown is a great comparison of her episode. You knew she was going home very early on. You know, mm -hmm. like there was right. no doubt about it. And yeah. I feel like I don't necessarily think anyone made a fool of her or in the edit or anything like that. But I don't think it was as sympathetic of a of a descent. It was more of a like, oh god, okay, we got to get this girl out of here. Like she's done. Sure. You know, yeah, and yeah, she's done. There was like less compassion for it, and it's. I mean, it'd be interesting. Well, she was supposed to go home the week before, but the Valentina thing happened. Yeah, it would be just interesting to kind of, you know, one time like really chart the narrative of Nina Banana Brown versus Katya. These are two mm. queens that struggled with their mental health in the competition, and one was showered with love, and one was criticized. I mean. Do you think it's that cut and dry? I do think that Nina Bonina Brown in the workroom, like at least Shay Coulee, like beautiful Shay, was really trying to help her. They were well, all really trying to help her. I guess Nina's response was less easy to work with. And, you know, like when somebody's mm -hmm. in that place, they're not necessarily going to be easy to work with. And so I think because Katya kept all her feelings under wraps and didn't, Ha, like let people see the ugliness of it or let people see the un, the disagreeableness of it that mm. it was more of like oh sweet precious Katya who seems like she's really spiraling spiraling out of control but she's still being funny so it's kind of like easier to kind of cheer her on whereas Nina Benina Brown was being paranoid and was being depressed and um wasn't just taking on their platitudes that they were yelling at her and untucked and that made her difficult mm. Mm. So it was less gentle in a way. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, you know, I, I think it makes me think about how a lot of there's God, there was this awful movie with like Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart where like Brian Cranston played this older gentleman in a wheelchair and um, Kevin Hart was like playing his like caretaker. And it's like so many movies where. I feel like there was another movie that came out like this. It was some sort of love story. And there's always a shot of like the, uh, the caretaker riding on the back of the wheelchair. You know what I mean? And, and you know, they're having this carefree moment with this sweet cinnamon bun in a wheelchair, you know? Uh -huh. yeah, and okay. I just, I feel like that is the way that people want to see other people who, um, are struggling. Yeah, are having a you know a, a differing ability, you know, trying to find the the most umbrella term. And we want to believe that like, oh, it's all, you know, they're they're never difficult. They're always gracious and and funny even when they're really hard to take care of. You know? It's so it's so, it's such an interesting uh 
kind of tangent into a conversation, especially this week, because we're doing Dolores Claiborne, because, yeah, we saw that Vera was very difficult with Dolores and they had uh, for years butt heads. And yes, there were many times when Dolores was like, I'm going to kill you, you know, and like mm-hmm. where, it's where kind it was of like hard. If it's like if you have some sort of um, mental health issue or physical disability or something that requires assistance, I think there's this fantasy that people have that you're always going to be gracious about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because that's going to make whatever work they have to put into taking care of you easier or like mm. that you should. But it's like it's it's disconnecting like somebody's human humanity, somebody's like emotional truth and intel, intellectual sure. truth. Sure. And so I think as much right. as like it's so easy to kind of like. I think it's very easy in a way to watch this episode versus watching the episode that Nina goes home because Katya keeps it all inside. Yeah. You know, she's, she goes home and she has a panic attack instead of having it on camera. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's just, you know, and I'm, I, I think, I, I think it wouldn't be all right, Mary to not also like recognize that there is absolutely um, a racial element to how mental health is treated and regarded. Um, and there's a huge difference often um, in, sure. in how someone regards someone with mental health issues, whether they're black or they're white. So uh-huh. I think, right. it's, I think yep. it's totally fair to call that, you know, to, to, you know, pull that card because I'm not talking about the show. I'm talking about audience response as well. Yeah. You right. Know? Nina, like, Oh, get her out of there. Oh, she's mm-hmm. miserable. Oh, it's because of her reaction to what's going on. They don't mm-hmm. like, and it's yeah. harder t- for them to swallow somebody being that miserable on camera. Whereas Katya, she she played by the rules. She was like, oh well, okay, I'll I'll be miserable off camera. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like it's it's very similar to like when when a white queen is being you know fierce and bitchy, she's fierce and bitchy, and if a black queen's fierce and bitchy, she's just a bitch. Right, right, yeah. So, right. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just it's an interesting comparison that does not take anything away from Katya's experience or Nina's. No, no, it's no, not. They, they, they don't have a hand in this. It's more of just how we look at these narratives. Um, well, sure, sure. I mean, I mean, look at the the success of Katya versus Nina. Not that Nina isn't successful. I mean, she's still doing brilliant work, but it's not at the ob- level. Objectively, of Katya. it's not at the same level. Yeah, it's yeah, she's, objectively, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's interesting. Um, but I think that, you know, I, I don't think the race thing is the only element. I think it is just this like, oh, it's just, it's, it's this part of this like orbiting kind of factor where you're like, huh, oh, interesting. I wonder how much of that is informed here. Right. But like overall, it's like, we just, you know, we just don't know how to handle mental health issues as a country is in general. So, yeah, you know, especially on TV. Especially yeah. When we see it on TV. I mean, you look at somebody like Teresa Guidice mm-hmm. who, uh, you know, lifts tables when she's angry. Like that's, that's fucked up. You look at somebody like Abby Lee Miller, yeah. who is insane on that show and mm-hmm. it's entertaining. Uh, but I, you know, we're not really looking at like, actually maybe there's a problem there. Yeah, um, like reality so, TV creates a lucrative platform for sociopaths and narcissists and psychopaths mm. and also creates a coliseum for people with anxiety and depression and other mental health issues to become, you know, um, some poor Roman against the lion, you know? Yeah, the butt of the joke. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I want to I – I wonder if we could talk about untucked – if we're talking kind of about delusion 
or not mental health, but I'm trying to make a connection to Mm -hmm. talking about Untucked. But I wondered if you could, uh, if we could talk uh, briefly about Kennedy uh, and this idea that that she... She's like, oh, well, this came from within. You can't tell me that I'm more creative than what I'm producing. And her kind of defending herself during Untucked versus what the judges were trying to tell her. What are your thoughts on Kennedy's response to the judges? I mean, I to me, I, I think it falls... Um I think it falls under the same category of like queens who are like, this is just the kind of drag that I do. I, you know, I don't go out of this. Is like, this is just what I do. And like, I'm not going to betray that. Like, I think, I think outside of drag, I think in general, when people cling on to what's familiar and what they know, um, it's like, it's a defense mechanism because I think often, and especially in these kind of high pressure situations, like we don't know what we're capable of. You know, and mm. and I think that like Kennedy, certainly we saw so much growth by the time she was in All Stars. But you know, even this season, it's like she. I'm sure if if she was able to push herself like the way we saw Trinity K. Bonet push herself, she would realize that she was way more creative than the story she was telling about herself. But that would push her into very unknown, scary territory. And I think like. Kennedy really holds on to what's familiar and what's tradition and how things should be. And I think all of that keeps her feeling safe. I mean, I remember this from All Stars 3. And, you know, big shout out to Kennedy, who came in second, um, was the runner up for All Stars 3. But uh, she takes things so personally. Uh, and it's it's just not personal. It's a competition. And it's their job to critique and push them. And so I feel like they're not asking her to make Violet's costume. They're not asking her to do what Pearl is doing. They're asking her to just, like, zhuzh up her vision and to, like, push past, you know, a, a bathing suit and fishnets, right? Like, it's like, mm-hmm. come on, girl. Like, really? Uh, and, you know, th- I don't think they necessarily believe when Kennedy says, like, no, uh, fishnets and a bodysuit are me it's like well i don't think that that's you you know i get that this came from you and you have pride but i think the rub with kennedy is that she has too much pride and can't look at it and be like oh i see what you mean i guess i could have done something bigger right and i think that's like ultimately yeah certainly no no expectation to do what violet did but something more than what she had done because I think to say like yeah that fishnets in a bathing suit is is you know is who she is it's like girl that's who a lot of people are that's not <laughs> like that's right. not who you are that's what you're wearing like I think that Pearl for what it's worth took one piece of material and I you know with a couple of you know one accessory and did kind of tell us who she was you know yeah it was like right. there was a there was a you know if there was a sort of pie chart it was a lot of high fashion and some camp and, you know, a little some cleverness that's just like quiet under the radar. But like it was all there. I got it. I I actually think that like in some ways, you know, Pearl could have won this week because I think that she really did sum up who she is in this look. I just think Violet's was so much more of a complete look. And with Violet, it's like RuPaul even says it. She has so many different silhouettes and different ideas that like you probably couldn't peg one look for her unless you like went towards like the dominatrix look, you know? 
And you mean wait, are you talking about Kennedy or Pearl right now? Violet. I was just saying like oh, talking violet. about violet oh, versus Pearl and in terms of sure. you know yeah. Um so I feel like like those are obviously the strongest looks, but if the challenge was to represent who you are, I actually would think that Pearl could have won this. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I can, I can, I can get behind that. I yeah. can certainly get behind that. You know, it's interesting with Pearl. Before, just to kind of tangent away from Kennedy for a second, um, Pearl, when she was on the runway, you know, she was being praised, and they were basically saying like, "Oh, tell us about your look." And she's like, "Well, I didn't want to just like." glue things on and then of course she like looks to the side right and that's the famous line like RuPaul saying is that a read mm-hmm. and I I wondered if you caught when Michelle Visage said no right like yes it, I did hear that yes uh-huh like what, no why Michelle was not pleased with Pearl like Michelle was also not into Pearl's look either and I wonder if Michelle was just like, I'm not going to get behind this rigor morris of bringing Pearl through. I'm just going to continue on. Uh, I don't think Pearl's totally there. You know, I wonder if it's because Michelle says this a lot is that during the season, all she sees is the queens on the runway and like in the challenges and she doesn't know them. She doesn't know anything else about them. She doesn't have any of the other nuances about them. And my sense is that what she saw of Pearl all season you know, was she wasn't seeing, you know, the personality that would kind of shine through in the talking heads or in Untucked or in the workroom. Like right. all she saw was kind of this like sleepy kind of flase da queen on the runway. And I think that, I mean, people say, oh, Michelle like makes her decisions. There's just some queens she just like doesn't like. And I don't think that's true at all. I think Michelle may be harder on some queens than others, but it's probably because of things like, she's not feeling like or she's feeling like you know like let's look at it from making a tv point of view as the like being paid to be the tough auntie on the judging panel she sees an opportunity to really play up that role you know Mm -hmm. and at the same time like push pearl to kind of give a little more come out of her shell come out of her shell (laughs) because all she's seeing is yeah is her in her shell and uh (laughs) And I think at this point, yeah, she's kind of throwing up her hands. I mean, like, well, yeah. Uh, she doesn't want to shuck anymore. You no, know I mean? yeah. Yeah, she's, uh, yeah, she's over this conch. So, oh, okay, Mary. <laughs> Love conched it. out. So, um, she's conched out. I conched love that. out. Uh, I mean, and sorry, just to go back to Kennedy then, because um, obviously they're, they're trying to push Pearl uh, Michelle's trying to push Pearl. They're trying to push Kennedy. Um, Kennedy's response, I totally also, just to play devil's advocate with myself, I also totally get, and we've made this argument before. It's like, you do not need to be this fashionista to win Drag Race. Kennedy is like, yep, I'm a great fucking dancer. I get out there and I sell it. That's my strength. And mm-hmm. so if you don't like my runway, I, it's it's hard for me to to... Bring that level up. I think we've talked about other queens in the past, like Shea Coulee is good at everything, but at like 90%, whereas there's right. like one queen that's like 120% at one thing, like Bianca Del Rio, right? And it, mm-hmm. so we excuse her lack of kind of like diverse types of fashion. Right. And not for nothing, but like the past two seasons, 
the queens who won, it wasn't for their runways. Jinx won in and and had a series right. of very lackluster runways. If you mm-hmm. kind of like hold compared to other queens, mm-hmm. um, and then Bianca's obviously it was you know the same look 12, 12 dresses and she still won, but yeah. no one was like. I mean, I think what's interesting is like Bianca was this perfect example of like this is what I do, this is my drag, but I think it was like it was enough. You know, it was enough effort. It was enough variation. Like, it was enough polish. She, maybe it's like she knew herself so well that the judges were like, okay, yeah, no, you're not a catsuit queen. You know exactly who you are. Whereas Kennedy is like, I know I'm not creative. And they're like, no, you don't know that you are creative. (laughs) That's true. That's very true. So it's that, you know, to know yourself. I feel like that's like the biggest, most important thing is knowing yourself. Right. Uh since we're on the topic of Kennedy, I got to say Kennedy stretching before she lip syncs is incredibly sexual. Like, I don't know what it is, but there's this like very sexual energy that I'm getting when she's like squatting and bouncing Mm -hmm. and, and doing the split backstage. And then I love that quote. If I have to lip sync, yes, I'm beating the shit out of Miss Katya. Yeah. Face. Yeah. (laughs) Miss Katya. Yeah. Like I just, (laughs) I yeah, she really. Uh, I can't picture Kennedy Davenport having sex, but I do agree that it was very sexual. Yeah, there was this just like, she was just like all hips and like thrusting and just like hitting the f- like pussy pounding the floor. Like mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, all right, this is this oh is sexual. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> she was she was fully dilated by the end of that. Absolutely. <laughs> um. Uh, before we talk about the lip sync, which I think maybe is the last thing we should talk about, um, mm-hmm. do I, we talked briefly offline about Pearl and Ginger having the smoke outside? Mm-hmm. Um, I, Marys, if you go back and watch this little scene, please notice. When Ginger leaves, which I think was like kind of producer prompted, she's basically like, well, you know, girl, I love you. Let's go in. Mm -hmm. If you watch Pearl during that, her face is this big grin, which in retrospect kind of seems fake. And then it just melts into this like longing gaze. And it's it's so dramatic. And it so reminds me of like Tyra with the veil. And I'm just like, what is this moment that we're witnessing here? Uh, it was. I was just like, this is, this is very interesting. And then, of course, Pearl making that mean face when she closes the door behind yeah. her on the cameras. I, I love that because I feel like that to me. And there's other moments like that where Pearl is, she. It's like you can. She's aware she's making a television show, mm-hmm. and right. I think it, it's, and it's different from queens who are aware they're making a TV show and are self-producing. She's aware she's making a TV show and she keeps looking at the camera. She keeps like Jim yeah. Halperding, you know? Yes, I was going to say, it's like The Office. It's like um, Brooklyn Heights during the fighting. Yes. Uh, you know, it's it's very that. Very yes. That. And that often then can can make somebody the most relatable person in the room because they're mm. like, they're the only one who's like, you know, breaking this, uh, you know, breaking the wall. Yeah, they're the commentator, you know, yeah. kind of like, oh, God, this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So uh, definitely a big takeaway from the season was the, the nuance of Pearl. Mm, definitely. The, finding the Pearl within the Pearl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we just had to like get that clam out of the way. 
You know, it's very appropriate right now because my new apartment in uh, Oregon is in the Pearl. So. Oh, um, is that yeah. is that a is that a district or a building name or a? Yeah, it's a district. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's um, um, most org. Uh, I should say most Portlanders. Uh, I think they kind of scoff at the Pearl because it's very city. But it just feels so comfortable to me because I'm like, yeah, I can leave my apartment. And like I look to my right and there's a coffee shop and I look to my left and there's public transit. And I'm just like, this is kind of what I need right now while I'm transitioning. Yes. Yes. You need a little bit of the like some of the comforts of of what you're familiar with. And it's a big transition to go from like – Having all of that to like, okay, now I have like a 10 block walk to the bus. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I was able to lowball them because I was moving in January. So it's not like I'm paying this like astronomical price. I believe that the prices in this neighborhood are much higher in like the spring and summer. Mm-hmm. But because it was the winter, like I lowballed them low mm-hmm. you know like low so it, yeah it, i don't know it kind of all worked out anyway uh tangent aside the pearl um let's talk about this lip sync mary uh, kennedy winning fair and fucking square kennedy goddamn davenport uh do you have any thoughts before i kind of i have a uh, kind of similar play-by-play of some moments um just that i disagree well, i don't i don't think she won fair uh fair and square i i wow I think well, – I mean, I've watched this lip sync repeatedly over the years, and my takeaway is that it's it's too much, and it's out of sync with the song, and um, it's hmm. – yeah, it's it just doesn't – like, if you really watch Katya, like, I realized, like, she was, she was just, like, not sitting on the stage. She was like – but if I, – I think that – I mean, I know that Kennedy, like – Took the, you know, took the focus and she got off. She did what every goddamn Davenport does from Sahara (laughs) to Honey to Kennedy. She got off the stage. All them goddamn Davenports cannot stay on the Davenport, you know. (laughs) Get yourself back up on the Davenport, Davenport. That being said, I still, I I hold to it. Katya's lip sync was better. Okay. Well, personal opinion. Great, and that's fine. In terms of Kennedy's lip sync on this particular song, this episode, being an important one for Easter eggs, and I know that there are stretches. It's just me, you know, being all right, Mary. So you start out, right? She's bounce squatting, which is just like, okay, girl, work. Um, The first move she does is this kick, bend, hair flip, and then a strut while patting her chest with her left hand, right? So already I'm kind of like, keep going, Kennedy. You're winning this, right? At the first chorus, Kennedy does the bend, which we used to call the Naomi Smalls bend, but it's Kennedy who did it first. I guess so. I mean, I I can't verify there hasn't been anyone else in the past six seasons who's done anything like that. But um, she she does it and then she does it to the beat of the vocals, which, you know, obviously Naomi goes very low and it's amazing and I love it. But don't knock Kennedy who did it here. Right. Then she does the cartwheel into a split with the headbang. And at the bridge, I thought this was 
a fun tribute to Katya. Kennedy does this kind of like holding a melon thing. Oh, yes. That that moment that like, you know, that, that Angelica Houston and the witches uh, <laughs> exterminate him immediately moment. Yeah. And her eyes are very wide, similar to a Mayhem Miller. She was very mayhem in this moment. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, she does the jump split, which, you know, uh, right on that big chorus. At the same time, Katya does the timed perfectly cartwheel split to the word tiger. So it's like right after Kennedy. It's so um, perfectly timed because it's, it is. it's the eye of the with the cartwheel and then fall on tiger. Ugh. Yes. Right. It was Genius. very, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. But the, I loved Kennedy in front, kind of going insane at this point and singing the descant part. And I got to say, when they know to sing the descant part or the part that's like above the chorus, I uh-huh. am like, okay, you're doing the lip sync. You're doing more than the average person would do. So I really appreciated that. I love the anger, the commitment. She lost a nail or two. I thought Kennedy won this. I I see the effort. I don't say that she wasn't like putting it all out there. And, and I always love a queen who rings herself out to get it. <laughs> I just, you know, and I know that I have subjective feelings because I wanted Katya to stay. But I, I, I just feel like specifically for this song, like it just felt like Katya's lip sync made more sense. Um, and I feel like if this was a, you could very easily, depending on how they wanted this to go, you could also edit this to be like, oh, it's too much a la Sahara Davenport in sure. her last lip sync yeah. against, yeah. Um, I don't remember who it was, Jujubee or something, where they were like, oh, she goes right into the splits and the and the, and it's just like, it's, it's too much, you know? And Wasn't it Latrice? No. Oh, that was Kenya. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. I can't remember who it was. But, I, you know, and similar to – what's interesting is she does this – she does, quote, unquote, too much during her lip sync against Trixie in All-Stars 3. I also think it's interesting that both of them are runners-up for All-Stars. Oh, that Katya and Kennedy were both runners-up. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you could also, like, write some fan fiction story that Trixie got vengeance on, Katya, on Kennedy for beating Katya by beating ah. her in All-Stars 3. Like, <laughs> you know, there's some there's some sweet little angel out there who's like, I bet Trixie's like, finally, I can avenge my friend. It's like, no, that's <laughs> not reality. That's not that long ago, doll. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going now. Yeah. If you'll excuse, excuse me, me, I think I'll be going now. Uh, uh, but fan fiction, I don't know. Fan fiction's fun. It's uh, great. It's a great way to, like, uh, you should have the opportunity to play out your fantasy. Absolutely. I just, I, I was watching and thinking, oh, I could totally see someone getting very invested in that narrative. Because, like... If you wanted well, to get delusional about it, Katya and Trixie, like, yes, Trixie and Katya fans are insane. They're insane. almost as insane as Alaska Thunderfuck fans. Like I oh. remember going to Bushwig and seeing like there were these like nineteen, twenty year old girls bawling their eyes out yeah. when Alaska was on stage. Yeah, and I oh, feel yeah. like Trixie and Katya have similar fandom. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think I love to kind of tiptoe into like. Trixie and Katya and Drag Race Queen like 
stan accounts on twitter oh god oh god oh girl it's, it's weird weird it's so <laughs> because all of it is like i am sure these people have other things going on in their lives but this is like the portal for everything trixie and katya but it's just they are so like they they do that thing on twitter of like in all caps, like, we must protect them at all costs. It's like, oh, God. you guys, you guys. I, I know you're being hyperbolic for likes, but, like, yeah, it's it's so adorable. But it's just, like, the thing is, when we were that age, we didn't have Twitter, so there was no history of our, like, cringiness. Sure. This right, is going right, to come right. back to haunt you, girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like all of the, the Taylor Swift fans do it, too. Like, it's, it's violent, right? It gets really weird and creepy. It reminds me of Black Mirror. Like, it's just odd it's odd behavior because we're not seeing it play out in real life we're actually witnessing it written down and so we imagine what it probably is in real life and then Mm -hmm. it's scary you know what's also really really intense like i i don't ever want to get involved like like dip my toe into this world because it's so intense is like k-pop like the fandom and the like, they because these these performers have like stalkers and like so much drama, and then there's like you know a lot of like female K-pop stars getting like shamed because they're you know they have a boyfriend or because of like like just like really ridiculous standards, especially on women. Um, it it is so. I know there's a lot of. It's not about the quality of the music. It's more about this like there is some toxicity in there that is. Mm. I I don't objectification. En- there yeah. are objects to that. Yeah, because yeah. I don't. It's envy similar that. to it's similar to drag queens, and we've talked about this before. Because their product is themselves, it yeah. gets really weird, right? So whereas like sometimes movie celebrities can dodge it sometimes because it's a character versus them, but like it's also similar. Why all of that obsession happens? Because they're the people are getting obsessed with the product and they can't divorce it from the person. So you have people walking up to Bob the drag queen and like demanding a picture and it's like, well, well, I'm your fan. It's like, no, he's not a, he's not a vacuum. He's not a, you know, a a baseball. He's not an object. It's like, yeah, like no. (laughs) Yeah. And even if like you can recognize that they're a human being, like they're not, Bob the drag queen all the time. They're not Katya all the time. They're like a, right. That it is. You know, it, it it's like any performer. Like I think, um, it's like you know you can compare it to like porn stars. They're like we're not having great sex. We're giving you a fantasy. You know, like right. Right. Uh, like any of what you're seeing here is being curated to tell you a certain story and give you a certain feeling. Um, mm. and drags the same way. Yeah, yeah, it's it's completely skewed for your fantasy and perhaps the performer's fantasy, right? There is like this artist quality there, like I think of Sasha Valore. But yeah, when they're at a drag, they're at a fucking drag. It's like leave them the fuck alone. And even when they're in drag, it's like you can't treat them like they're this toilet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a. It, I think that's. I think it comes down to that thing of like when you are your own product, like people forget that you're human. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, Mary, this was a much longer discussion than I thought we would have on this episode. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I, I know. I know. I was like, I think my season seven tank. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to talk about next week, but. Uh, Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I but, got it. Um, yeah, <laughs> I got it. But 
we'll uh we'll figure it out because as far as i can tell uh still no sign of all stars five or season 12 yep aj and the queen though uh i can't wait to watch the yes. first episode tonight oh uh, it's we'll tonight to check in on that oh yeah january 10th mary it's already on netflix so oh. you can go watch you could watch the whole season this oh wait, the, wait, 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 wait the whole season's on netflix they're releasing all of it at they're, once. yeah i and i i when we talk about AJ and the Queen, we can discuss that. I don't think that is smart marketing. Yeah. I look at something like The Mandalorian, and because The Mandalorian is coming out weekly, the, it just stays in people's minds and mouths much yes. longer. I noticed that with like the Great British Baking Show, the most recent season they released week by week, and I just it was a different investment. I was way more. Yeah. I was, yeah, it's just it's different. There's something about that model of having to wait. That um, that I think is key to a show kind of uh, sort of making an imprint, being around long right. enough to make an imprint. Being an imprint, that's what it is. It's a cultural imprint. Yeah. And so when you have a binge-worthy or a binge-not worthy, a bingeable show that's new, I think of Dark Crystal, right? And I had this discussion with my boyfriend. Like he watched it in two days. I watched it very slowly because I love the Dark Crystal. I watched it. Uh, I'm saying crystals like uh, Valentina. Um, mm. I, I, I watched it. I watched it uh, over the course of like a month, month and a half almost. Mm-hmm. And I remembered so much more than he did. Right. And and it just it, it it's, it's it's more ingrained. And so it's kind of sad with AJ and the Queen. I kind of wish that they would just you know not do it all at once so that it could really stick around. You mm-hmm. know. And it's like I suppose they they it's like. No one's forcing me to watch it all at once, but I think I don't have that kind of self-control. Like I think part of part of it is also like a lot of the conversation and the thinking and the imprinting is the waiting for the next episode. Like Yeah, and the discussions that happen on social media, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like and everyone's thing. on the same schedule, you know, in a way. Like yeah. you know, we're all kind of seeing each release at the same time. Whereas when it's right. binged, some people are in episode one, some are finished. It's um when the season is over, it's hard to have more of like an episode by episode narrative, you know, conversation versus like, you know, seeing it as like a sum of its whole, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, totally. some of its whole parts of its whole, something's Ooh. whole. Yeah. Ooh, I love holes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, well, but yeah, so, so, so we will, uh, we'll pick up that conversation with AJ and the queen soon. Mary's, if you have any thoughts, any thoughts at all on this episode of Hello Kitty, uh, girl, you can reach out to us on Twitter at All Right Mary, or you can find us on the web at www.allrightmary.com or www.tasteofreality.com backslash all right dash Mary, and let us know your thoughts there. You can email us at All Right Mary Podcast at gmail.com, or you can, uh, you know, find me on Twitter at Johnny Also One or Instagram at Johnny Also, and you know, let me know what's shaking. Uh, and you can hear more of me on my podcast, In the Details, a celebration of nuance. I just released an episode on five bonkers movie endings, uh, which was a fun one. You can also find me on Best Supporting Podcast, a celebration of Best Supporting Actresses with Nick Kachanov. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And you can find more of both of us, including a bonus episode every single week, including this week, Dolores Claiborne. And eventually, potentially, all of AJ and the, AJ and the McQueen. AJ and the Queen. <laughs> At patreon.com backslash all right, Mary. All right, Mary. Uh, well, I love it. We have a, 
last chance lip sync that you uh, very appropriately came up with. Why don't you tell them what they're going to have? Well, I mean, and I'll give credit where credit's due. There is a great video on YouTube of Katya performing a very bizarre lip sync of this many years ago before her Drag Race fame. But this is indeed a Russian language version of My Heart Will Go On from the Titanic soundtrack. <laughs> awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear it. I have not heard it. So I'll make sure to look up that video, too. Um, well, with that, Mary's, uh, you know, we are two from the end. Uh, so buckle up, buttercup. It's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> you see the Bashoy, or whatever Katya said. <laughs> what does Santino say? What does Santino say? Kawaii Roo. Or no, Kawaii Roo. Oh, Jesus. Uh, well, anyway, sayonara, Mary's. We'll see you next week. Soya. Oh,